Welcome to On the Docket with the National Drug Court Resource Center. I'm your host, Nick Bills. The National Drug Court Resource Center, or NDCRC, is housed in the Justice Programs Office, or JPO, a center in the School of Public Affairs at American University. JPO provides research, technical assistance, training, program evaluation, and capacity-building services to jurisdictions, organizations, and government agencies throughout the U.S. and internationally. The National Drug Court Resource Center is part of the Bureau of Justice Assistance at the U.S. Department of Justice's Drug Court Initiative. NDCRC is the go-to place for treatment court practitioners to access a wide variety of resources to make their programs as effective as possible. The ideas and thoughts expressed in this podcast do not directly reflect those of the Justice Programs Office, American University, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, or the Department of Justice. In our previous episode of Color in the Court, exploring racial and ethnic disparities in treatment courts, we discussed solutions to address racial and ethnic disparities in treatment courts. To listen to that episode, check out our website at www.ndcrc.org. In 2018, staff from the National Drug Court Resource Center attended the National Association of Court Management's annual conference. At the conference, staff heard a session titled Exploring Implicit Bias, Bringing Racial Justice to the Court System Through Institutional Organizing. After learning about all the great work Mecklenburg County was doing, NDCRC staff wanted to learn more about their racial and ethnic equity initiatives and was interested in inviting a treatment court in their jurisdiction to complete the RED program assessment tool. So now I'm joined by Mecklenburg County Equity and Inclusion Specialist Joseph Johnson and Janine Gonzalez, the Criminal Justice Services Program Manager. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. And we'll jump right into it. The Recovery Court was chosen as one of the pilot sites to test out the Racial and Ethnic Disparities Program assessment tool. So what were your experiences in using the tool, and how has its use impacted the court system? Well, this is Janine, and and what I can tell you is that the tool was helpful in bringing to light some information that is often just overlooked. You get into operating a program, and you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, thinking that you're paying attention to the small details and they're not always there. And so the RED assessment tool was helpful in bringing some of that to light for us. And to continue to what Janine raised, um, one of the things that takes place in the field of equity, uh, specifically when we talk about disparate outcomes, are sets of neutral policies that on its surface, it seems like it's fair, but unless a racial equity lens is applied, towards these policies and practices, they might be exacerbating racial and ethnic disparity outcomes, or they very well may be continuing a systemic problem um, as it relates to um, disparity and and racial equity. And so uh, jumping off of that, what you were just talking about, what recommendations from using the RED tool, which recommendations did you find most valuable in the Mecklenburg criminal justice services programs? Well, I think there there are two types of recommendations. There's the low-hanging fruit, and things that are you get easy, quick team buy-in for that can be implemented. And those were the issues that were related to documenting our intentionality as part of our paperwork, as part of our forms, as part of our handbooks and manuals. And then there's other that really talk about more of a systemic change. And I think that's the wonderful partnership that Mecklenburg County has by having the equity and inclusion work that Joseph's group is doing on behalf of our department, but then as part of the larger Mecklenburg County efforts. So we're we're able to say it's not just something that the treatment courts are doing. It's not just this area. It is much broader, and we have the opportunity 
to be involved in that on the front end. So the recommendations with regard to, you know, who are we, how are we charging fees for treatment and probation and how do we make any of those changes? Because those do impact in a negative way those that are lower socioeconomic status within our community who tend to be those that are in the criminal justice system. And then if you add the racial issues on top of that, it's obvious that we are targeting most often in the criminal justice system the African-American men who are in the criminal justice system disproportionately to the rest of the population. But that's not always something that one small faction of the system can change but they can start raising enough noise about it, being intentional in our work, that it begins to impact those around you. And you have that pebble in the pond effect with that ripple. That is exciting for us to be able to see that there are so many other groups that are now paying attention to that, but it's helping us sharpen and hone our skills and our intentionality around the topic. Joseph, can you talk about the commitment Mecklenburg County has made regarding ensuring racial and ethnic equity? One of the things that I sincerely appreciate about my time with Mecklenburg County as a whole is that there is a commitment to racial equity, and it's synonymous with the the same messaging that's coming from the county manager's office, and that's also being articulated by every single director that we have within Mecklenburg County. Everybody is on the same page as it relates to having a concentration around racial equity. It's one so much so that going forward, the Mecklenburg County office has recently announced every single department is also going to have what they refer to as a DEAT, a acronym D-E-A-T, a Department Equity Action Team. Every single department within Mecklenburg County will have a group of people employees within each department that have a commitment towards racial equity. Um, And at the direction of the Office of Equity and Inclusion, they will be creating a department equity action plan, data-driven, practice and policy-driven, analyzing outcomes, disparate outcomes, and then putting forth solutions to remedy them. Criminal Justice Services has been at the forefront of our racial and ethnic disparity work even prior to the direction of the Office of Equity and Inclusion. We have been doing racial equity work within our department, and we also have a partnership with the uh, MacArthur Foundation, specifically their Safety and Justice Challenge, and how the MacArthur Foundation is uh, working as a strategy uh, dedicated specifically to racial and ethnic disparities. We have like the, the best the best of the best, really. We're, we're concentrated in three areas, all focused on racial and ethnic disparities, our partnership with the County Manager's Office, Office of Equity and Inclusion, uh, the MacArthur Foundation, and then the work, the good faith efforts that we put forth in trying to measure and remedy our racial and ethnic disparities. I couldn't be happier. And the American University Justice Programs Office, their racial and ethnic disparity tool is another tool that helps us remedy uh, whatever disparities we have within our jurisdiction. So for other courts, other treatment courts, you know, in other counties that maybe aren't quite as coordinated as yours or maybe facing some other some other pressures or issues. Uh, what advice do you have for those courts who want to address racial and ethnic disparity? I would say, in my experience, the culture change, the commitment is half the battle. Getting to a point where you have everybody articulating the same message, everybody has the same goal and objective in mind. 
And that comes top down from county manager's office to their staff, their assistant county managers, department directors, managers, supervisors. Just being able to have that, that is 50% of the battle. The other half is one that requires actually taking the time, analyzing policies, practices, and doing so in a data-driven way. But more so, I would say if there's any type of commitment to the work, to reach out to jurisdictions that are similarly situated that are currently doing the work. Because Mecklenburg County is a very large jurisdiction, and we have we know of some smaller jurisdictions that are have an intention to racial and ethnic disparities. But the way in which they go about trying to remedy those disparities are going to be different than what we have because of our size. I would reach out to a network of people because there very much is a network. And I'll turn it over to you as well, Janine. What advice do you have for treatment courts who are interested in facing their own racial and ethnic disparity? I believe that the key factor for treatment court success has always been the fact that they're judicially led, that they're a collaborative effort by a team of individuals representing a broad number of agencies. And so if you can get the leadership from your judge, the commitment from your judge to even take a look, that's where the red tool becomes so helpful because it helps you take that initial look if you haven't already done so. And then the judge leading the efforts on behalf of the team Sitting down and having those conversations, as Joseph was pointing out, is just invaluable to making any kind of progress because it just it just takes starting the conversation. And if you're not having the conversation, that's where you need to start. And then if you're ready to take the next step and begin to do an assessment, a program assessment, like the, utilizing the red tool, then that's the next step. And then just kind of seeing where it goes with each of the agencies that are part of the treatment court and how each agency can make changes, and then as a whole, the treatment court itself, because the treatment courts are really not the court, they're not the prosecutor, they're not the defense attorney, they're not probation, they're not treatment. It's just it's such a team approach that it's a unique opportunity to begin to look and see how can a group of people impact what's going on in your own community. And that's, I think, the the great fit with having a tool that can be used for the treatment court aspect versus trying to tackle the entire criminal justice system. That's that's too much. So let's start where we know we can have an immediate impact. And you begin to see the results right away. And I think that success then allows people the freedom to explore further. So speaking of continuing onwards, ever onwards, with Mecklenburg seeming to be in alignment, what are the next steps in the process for your county? And we'll start with you, Janine. Well, one of the things that we did when we piloted the American University Red Tool was we did it with one of our treatment courts, one of our recovery courts. We have six separate recovery courts, so we plan to roll this out with the remaining five recovery courts and to look at each of those areas because they serve separate populations within the criminal justice system uh, and begin to then provide a more unified voice as to what we're moving toward and what areas need to be addressed that may be unique to one of those courts versus all six of them and look at how we can then get the overall criminal justice services department as well as the broader criminal justice community to assist in moving those areas forward. We are continually looking at just reframing 
addiction, reframing mental health. How do we look at recovery? How do we look at and acknowledge that this is a brain disease and what that entails without it being penalizing and punishing to those who have the disease? And making sure that we're using recovery-oriented language. You know, we, we don't talk about just some of the little changes that can be made that help to have someone who's participating in a recovery court feel included instead of being just, you know, shamed. And, and that's, I think, a big part of where we're headed right now. So, Joseph, what about for you? What do you see as the next steps forward? It sounds like uh, you, were, you were talking a little bit about sort of the, the leadership and uh, Sonia's leadership. What do you see as the next steps for you and your office moving forward? Sure. So we have a number of things that we are looking to address. One, we have a what we refer to as a red work group, racial disparity work group. That work group comprises of our leadership within the criminal justice system, law enforcement, the courts, the district attorney's office, public defender's office, along with having representation uh, i.e. me as equity inclusion specialist, to, to look at ways in a data-driven way in which we can reduce our disparities in, the, in, the, in a variety of areas. Additionally, we're looking at strategies currently and ways in which we can engage the community with respect to this work. I'm fortunate in that while this is a, a large task, we have the buy-in and the partnership that I mentioned, the Red Work Group serves at the direction of what we call the CJAG, the Criminal Justice Advisory Group that comprises of leaders from all of our criminal justice institutions. They meet monthly and racial and ethnic disparities is a part of that conversation. And the, the red work group that I was just referencing is a subcommittee of the CJAG. Furthermore, I'm fortunate to be able to have a great manager of the research and planning unit and I am one of two equity specialists. Mecklenburg County, since the time in which we piloted the JPO American University tool, we have since then hired another equity and inclusion specialist in Haida Torre, and she's knocking it out of the park. So I'm, once again, as far as just me being blessed, I'm fortunate in that I have help in this initiative and there's buy-in. That's, that's our next step to... to take the help and the buy-in that we have and in good faith tackle these these problems. Joseph Johnson and Janine Gonzalez, thank you so much for your time. I know that you are busy and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your workday to you know speak to not only me, but also everyone who's interested in pursuing racial and ethnic uh, parity uh, moving forward through the criminal justice system. So thank you both and good luck in all of your future endeavors. To contact Mecklenburg County's criminal justice services regarding issues of equity and inclusion, Email CJS Equity and Inclusion at MecklenburgCountyNC.gov. So this concludes our series on racial and ethnic disparities in treatment courts. We hope that you found it informative and, if you work within a treatment court, that it has been educational. The discussions contained within this series should have provided you with the skills and knowledge to locate and address some of the disparities that may exist in your treatment court. To learn more about the National Drug Court Resource Center, visit www.ndcrc.org. You can also visit the Justice Programs Office website at www.american.edu spa JPO.